Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that, had, that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. What do you want to be when you grow up? It's a question we most often ask of children because they're not done growing and because they give the best answers. Ask a child what they want to be when they grow up, and you might hear a movie star, an astronaut, an Olympic athlete, an ice cream taste tester. <laughs> if I ask Madeline what she wants to be when she's older, she'll say some combination of princess, doctor, pastor, dinosaur. The younger you are, the more possibilities there seem to be. We have a lot to learn from our youngest members. They know how to dream big. The truth is, though, that none of us are done growing. We can ask this question at any age. What do you want to be when you grow up? And our answers don't have to match what we are right now. We could even ask, since we're in church and this is a sermon after all, what does God want us to be? When we talk about what God wants us to do with our lives, we sometimes use the word call. What is God calling you to? It's a great question for any age, but it's helpful if we think like kids. 
Let God fill us with big dreams. Don't feel limited by your own strengths and weaknesses. Don't even set limits around what's possible or impossible. What is God calling us to? In today's gospel text, Jesus is building his public ministry. He's busy teaching, performing miracles, and calling others to join him. Last Sunday, we read that when Jesus was preaching in his hometown synagogue, he angers the crowd and escapes from those who are trying to throw him off a cliff. Well, after Jesus leaves Nazareth, he goes on a tour of teaching and healing. Now the crowd is so large and demanding, they can no longer be contained in a synagogue. Jesus must find new venues to preach to those who gather around him. So Jesus uses Simon's boat as a platform as he teaches the crowds. After teaching, Jesus shifts his attention to Simon, later known as Peter, and instructs him to move into deeper water and let down their fishing nets. Now this must have seemed pointless after working all night. Who is this man telling professional fishermen how to do their job? These were fishermen by trade. They knew to fish at night. They knew that shallow water is the place to fish. But despite all their knowledge, the night before didn't result in a catch like they were used to. Now they were in the process of cleaning their nets, a tedious chore. They are tired, empty-handed, physically drained, and perhaps just ready to sleep. And Jesus tells them to do something that makes absolutely no sense, a completely absurd suggestion. Now that it's morning, why not try going out into the deep water? A word about this deep water, it's more than the actual depth of the water that matters. The word used here for deep water would call to mind a number of other images. The chaotic waters of creation before God brought order to them. Mysterious, unknown, a bit dangerous. These are untamed, unpredictable waters. So yes, take those nets that you've already cleaned, go back out, at a new time, in a new place, and try again. Now at this point, the men could have said, but Jesus, we've never done it that way before. They could have just ignored him. Luckily, that's not how they reacted. Simon follows Jesus' instructions. And in doing so, the men catch so many fish that their nets begin to break. So many fish that they need to signal to another boat to come help. So many fish that when they start to fill their boats, both boats begin to sink. So many fish that Simon Peter 
recognizes Jesus as Lord. And yet, after catching this abundance of fish, they leave this all behind to follow the man who promised to leave them, lead them into even deeper water. Who says, do not be afraid? They leave to follow him into a ministry that will gather people instead of fish away from their own livelihoods, the only life they've ever known, to a mission where they would be part of Jesus' life-giving work. When we think about calling, we often think about taking something you're already good at, like singing or playing an instrument or managing money, and using it to serve God. And that makes a lot of sense. Why not keep doing the thing that you're good at and using these things to glorify God? And trust us, as pastors, if we find out you can sing, play an instrument, or manage money, we will absolutely ask you to serve the church with that gift. But today's lesson gives us something else to consider. These fishermen-turned-disciples aren't chosen for their proficiency in catching fish. This particular day in question, they are unable to catch any on their own. But with Jesus in their boat, everything changes. With this miracle, Jesus shows that he can use anyone and everyone who is willing to listen and follow and put their trust in him. Likewise, Simon, James, and John are now called to fish for people, not from their own merit or skill, but because Jesus will work through them to gather more people. The new disciples walk away from everything they know to follow Jesus, which shows an extraordinary amount of faith. But we also see that Jesus has an extraordinary amount of faith in them, that they will be catchers of people, that they will do great things in Jesus' name, that they will be the foundation of the church to come. That extraordinary trust, God has that same faith in us. That's why we're gathered here, why we're called to this place to continue this ministry, to be the church and to share the good news of God's love. In just a few minutes, we'll receive Bill and Arlette as new members. And in receiving them as new members, they will affirm their baptisms, which means that we will have the joy 
of hearing and remembering all that we were promised in baptism. That we will work for justice and be peacemakers and serve our neighbors and proclaim the good news of God's love. These baptismal promises are a call to follow Jesus into that deeper water. Sometimes deep water requires sacrifice or at least some discomfort. Did you see how Jesus completely interrupted those fishermen from the rest of their day? How he came at the least convenient time and sent them out when they thought they were done? That happens sometimes. We could be really inconvenienced by God's mission for us. We could be tired and cranky and worn out, but have to follow anyway. Like when you're about to enter year three of a pandemic that just won't quit, but the church still has work to do. In this life of faith, we might also experience some growing pains. Our old nets might start to break down a bit. We might need to ask for help. Maybe we can't do certain ministries on our own because what God has in mind is just too big. But if that's the case, then there will be other boats to call on, partners in mission, other congregations that could lend support or community partners who are motivated by the same ministry. Like we're seeing now, as we work through interfaith relationships to welcome our Afghan neighbors. And like the strange instructions that Jesus gives the fishermen, ministry requires experimenting. Even when the experiment sounds absurd, or we think we know better, or we've never done it that way before. Like sometimes worship moves from the sanctuary into the gym and somehow manages to be both familiar and completely new. The call to deep water, whether in our personal lives or in our life together as a faith community, it is not an easy calling. It's a challenge that requires faith, trust, in a God who has led the church in every age. But the possibilities of leaping into that chaos with a God who brings order to creation and abundance out of scarcity, the possibilities are beyond our imagination. And the promise of following Jesus into deep water, the promise of abundant life, a life of forgiveness and healing and grace and resurrection, of becoming the people that Jesus is calling us to be. Well, that makes the deep, mysterious water Not so scary after all.
Amen.